0: You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work.
1: A quick uh, recap edition of the Mile High Report Radio Podcast. Uh, it's, a, it's a late Monday night here for Ian St. Clair and myself, Adam Alnati, as we uh, go over what can only be described as just a horrendous finish to a football game that the Denver Broncos really probably should have won uh, on Monday night. Uh, I don't know, Ian. I I mean, I think we both have pretty pretty similar takes on this game. I'll let you go ahead and start us off.
0: This is all on coaching. It it really is all on coaching. The, The players did everything they could to win this football game defensively, offensively. It's the coaches who lost this football game. This is on Vance Joseph. This is on Joe Woods. This is on Bill Musgrave. This is 2017 all over again. Because remember, all Vance Joseph needed was a quarterback. And then a coaching staff where he was able to pick it. It's
1: all he needed. It's it's all right there in front of him. And and if you're to believe the hype that was given to us, the the Broncos should be good to go. This should be it, right? They're they're Super Bowl bound with this new quarterback. And uh, you're right. It's it's all about coaching at this point. And I think the most most important aspect of this isn't that Vance Joseph is. Um, incapable, it's that the rest of his staff is also incapable. So not only is he not good, the staff isn't good, and so nothing is good. And it's just so frustrating to know that there is so much talent on this football team. I mean, We talk about it all the time. This Denver Broncos team has talent up and down the roster, and for whatever reason, this coaching staff is incapable of putting them in a position to win and I tweeted it out during the game. Imagine what the score would be in this game if the Broncos coaching staff knew how to how to call the right plays. And I think that had they been able to call the right plays, they would have won that game, not just by a little bit. They could have won that game handily. Uh, we talked about before recording the Broncos, Philip Lindsey and and Royce Freeman each rushed for over sixty yards and a touchdown. And it wasn't like it took them that many carries. Royce Freeman, I, th- I think I said it was eight yards or eight carries for sixty-nine yards or sixty-seven yards, and uh, Philip Lindsay was uh, twelve carries for sixty-nine yards. I, what are we doing? That's twenty carries. That's an average of six point eight yards per carry between the two of them. They only had twenty carries in a game that they were they were leading most of the way. Am I am I missing something? Has football changed that dramatically? that you don't rely on the run when it's working
0: just because the league is pass-happy? Did I miss something? It's even more egregious than your numbers. The Broncos averaged 7.2 yards per per run play while averaging 6.1. Bill Musgrave called 22 run plays while calling 37 The Chiefs' defense couldn't stop the Broncos' running game if it tried. Yet Bill Musgrave decides, nah, I'm not going to run it. We're we're running it, but I'd rather throw it 15 more times, even though this is what we're doing well. But it's not just that. The the, The play and the play calling that showed me This coaching staff needs to go. Was on that second and 500 for the Chiefs. And everyone who knows football, everyone who doesn't know football knows you don't play man coverage. So what does Joe Woods do? Hold my beer. I'm going to play man coverage. It was pitiful. It was
1: absolutely pitiful, and it it's infuriating in that even with these terrible play calls, the the team, the talent on the team was able to keep them in a game that, including myself and probably especially myself, uh, I, I didn't believe they would have any business being a part of. I, I assumed that the Chiefs' offense was gonna was gonna hang fifty. Uh, on this defense, partly because of the way that the play calling has been, but also because of how good this offense has looked over the first three games of the season. And then to see them actually be in a position to win and to watch them just just fumble all over themselves is is disappointing. I, I will say this, and this is something that uh, I don't know if you can put this on the coaching staff or not, but there is a, an aspect to this defense that is missing And maybe it never was really there, but it was just a perception that it was because they happened at the right time. But this defense does not generate takeaways and it wasn't as big of an issue against the chiefs because there was only the one interception, which was an incredible play uh, on a slightly underthrown ball, which is starting to become the norm, except for on overthrows for case Keenum and so you kind of, you that's fine. You get rid of that one and you don't worry about it. But the defense isn't taking the ball away. What they are doing is they are containing offenses. And I, I understand that you don't want to give up points. But I don't know what the number is. I can't remember what the number is on the average points scored for the Chiefs coming into this game. I think it was near 140, somewhere in there. And they held them to 27 points. With poor play calling. They held that high-powered, almost unstoppable offense to just 27 points. There's your silver lining, okay? I'm happy to give it to you. There's your silver lining, and a little more silver lining is just the fact that the Broncos can clearly run the football, but all of that silver lining is dashed when you look at the inability of this coaching staff to put their players in a position to succeed. That is your job as a coach. Your job as a coach is to put your players in a position to succeed, and this coaching staff is incapable of that. I went off on Case Keenum last week after they lost to the Ravens. I'm not going to do that on this one. This one shouldn't have been on Case Keenum's arm to begin with. He never should have needed to throw a touchdown pass to Demarius Thomas. That hook and ladder at the end of the game that could have worked shouldn't have even been needed because they should have run the ball down the throats of the Kansas City Chiefs and won that game ground and pound style, instead of trying to show how fancy they were and try and keep up with an offense that they didn't even
0: need to keep up with. I'll disagree with you about Case Keenum. Franchise quarterbacks complete that pass to Demarius Thomas. Agreed. Winning quarterbacks complete that pass to Demarius Thomas. Agreed. Trevor Simeon completes that pass to Demarius Thomas. I don't think I, I I don't think I can come with you on that one. That one
1: that one just feels icky to me. So I'm gonna, I'm not even gonna touch it. I, I I do feel like, and I I understand that the rush to want to 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 sort of. Find something like that. I am I we. I don't know if we need to move on from the Trevor Simeon stuff, but I think that I get your point in how difficult it is to move on from Trevor Simeon's derpiness when it feels like it's the same derpiness this year
0: as it was last year. The difference is Case Keenum's being paid $18 million. Yeah, and John Elway said that this was the franchise quarterback. That is some expensive derp. I think you can find derp for cheaper. What – what absolutely sucks about all of this for all of Broncos country is the Chiefs have their quarterback, oh, Patrick Mahomes. That kid is
1: as, incredible. As
0: I, as I said in my Winners-Losers, he has something you can't coach and you can't teach. Nope. And that reminds me of John Elway.
1: Oh, I knew you were going to say that. As I sit here in my Elway jersey, and I, and I agree with you, I watched him play. I watched them chase that kid outside the pocket Over and over and over again. And every time he got outside the pocket, he made something happen. Every time. And to me, again, that's another issue with coaching. Okay, every time he gets outside the pocket, why not stop chasing him outside the pocket? Why not just, you know, keep him contained? Because he doesn't seem as comfortable throwing from the pocket. He doesn't seem as comfortable in a set play. But as soon as it's schoolyard trickery and, and run around and wait for somebody to get open... He has no problem chucking the ball across his body downfield fifty yards. You know they say when you're running, when you're running scared, never throw it back across the field. He can do it. It's fine. He's Elway-esque in that respect, and I, that is high praise coming from people like you and I. It is absolutely, and, and, and that it, should and
0: scare it, Broncos country big time. It the roles have reversed for all those years in the '80s and the '90s where the Broncos had a quarterback and the Chiefs didn't. It's flipped. The Broncos don't have a quarterback.
1: No, they they have a journeyman, just like the Chiefs used to always have, a journeyman. That's right. And it is it is a role reversal, and that's a very good observation by you, because all through the 80s and 90s, the Chiefs had lots of talent on their teams, but they always got saddled with... A journeyman quarterback, a guy who was going to make it happen now that he was surrounded by talent. And the only quarterback that ever really made it work for them was Joe Montana, and he was on his way out the door anyway.
0: The other big thing that stood out to this game, where was Vaughn Miller? He was there. Was he?
1: Yeah, I saw him. He kept showing him.
0: The only time his name was mentioned was when the ESPN crew was saying... He's not doing anything.
1: Nah, he made a he made a big play on a on a goal line stop. He, he 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 stuck Kareem Hunt once. Uh he was chasing Patrick Mahomes all over the place. As was the rest of the defense. I, here's the thing. I honestly don't think this was as much about Von Miller or Bradley Chubb or uh, Shaq Barrett or Shane Ray. Oh, Shane Ray just looked like he was lost out there half the time. But it was about Patrick Mahomes being able to get outside the pocket and make things happen and and having the speed and quickness and arm strength to get away and make something happen, whereas uh, a lot of the guys that, that you're going to see in the NFL don't have those kinds of abilities. This wasn't about Von Miller. Von Miller was chasing Patrick Mahomes
0: all day. And not doing anything. He just couldn't get to him. So this you... is the second game in a row Von Miller has not showed up. Once, uh, so what you want? You want as to trade a trend, him? twice as a habit. You want to no. you want to trade him? You want Big to cut him? Big need
1: to step up. Okay. You don't. You don't. You don't think that that he was he was he was inches away multiple times from from a guy who inches like, only
0: count in horseshoes and hand grenades. Well,
1: that's not true. The inches we need are out there. It's a Al Pacino quote. I'm I'm going to mess it up, but it, the inches we need are there, right? It's any given Sunday, anything can happen. But this was Monday, and In the last two games, Von Miller hasn't done jack squat. I'm not. I'm not ready to indict Von Miller. Von Miller is still it's the not best an
0: indictment. I feel he like, hasn't done anything. The it's last a little two indicty.
1: Weeks. It's kind of indicty, Ind- indicty. That's a, I'm gonna go with it.
0: Call Webster. I made a word. You're the defensive leader on your team. I agree. What do you want him to do? Step up and make a play when your defense needs it.
1: Look. Again, Joe Woods made the made bad play calls. Von Miller was True. was always right on the doorstep, but Patrick Mahomes had an incredible game. You and I just said he was John Elway esque. True. Okay. So there are times Derek Thomas got his hands on John Elway. Sure. And and Von Miller will have his opportunities. It feels like many of them for years to come against Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm True. sure he'll get to him. But he hasn't done anything the last 2 weeks. See, that feels indicty to me. That's an that feels like an indictment. Maybe
0: I'm being sensitive. I, I think you're excusing bad play no, because of what he did in the Super I don't, Bowl.
1: I don't think so. No, that's 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 ridiculous and you know it. Von Miller has more sacks in, in the NFL than any other player since 2011. There's no excusing anything. He's the best player on that defense. He Did he have a bad game last week? Yes. Did he have a bad game this week? No, I don't think so. I disagree with that.
0: Yeah, I think, he did.
1: I think that the player across the ball from him had a better game. And that happens. And that happens. Sometimes you get beat, and he got beat this week. But it wasn't wasn't because he didn't do anything. That's my problem with it. We, we as fans, and this is this is the thing that always drives me nuts. We as fans want to come out. Well, they didn't do anything. That's wrong. He was out there. He was he was as close as you can get without actually. I mean, you saw he clips he clips Patrick Mahomes' feet. Mahomes is going down, and he still completes a pass. That's not on Von Miller. That's not Von Miller's fault. That's Patrick Mahomes a making athlete, a great play. And he was a former What, what really athlete, angers no, me about this is you've got me out here defending the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, and I don't appreciate the position you've put me in. It's really unfair.
0: And and, and you know that when I say he's not doing anything, it has nothing to do with effort. He's one of the best players in the NFL. Okay, step up. You make plays. Dude, sometimes you a, Sometimes your 100% isn't as much
1: as the next guy's 100%. And tonight, when he got into the backfield, his 100% didn't get him to the quarterback. That's just that's just it. There was there was nothing else there. So now what? Now what do you have to do? And and this is where it comes it comes into the coaching staff. This is where the coaching staff made the mistake. There was no adjustment there. It was obvious to anybody watching that game. That Patrick Mahomes fed On that rush, he loved being pushed around. He loved being being sent in different directions and having it turn into that schoolyard football mentality. That's what he wanted. So why give that to him? Why allow him to have exactly what he wanted? And that's on the coaching staff to step up and say, "You know what, Vaughn, you're not quite getting to him. And what's happening is every time you get close, he steps away and he makes something happen. So how about we play contain? How about we? How about we adjust?" And change what we're doing. And and again, I go back to the fact that even though they couldn't make those adjustments or didn't make those adjustments or Von Miller didn't get to the quarterback enough, they still held the Kansas City Chiefs offense to 27 points. That I, It's not a win, obviously, because it was a loss. But there was nobody, nobody was predicting that they were going to hold Kansas City to 27 points, at least not seriously. No one was seriously making that prediction, and if they were, they haven't been watching football. I was only four points off my prediction.
0: See, and you were still wrong. I didn't go over. Well, I did go over, so I would I would have I would have got it wrong. Bam, on the
1: bam, bam, right. bam. See, you don't win the Price is Right when you go over. That's the rule. The other loser that I had from this game was Marquette King. Yeah, cut him, cut him yesterday. He's. He is more interested, in my opinion, in all of the outside ancillary. And, and you know what really drives me nuts about this? is I'm going to say something, and, and it's going to be frustrating. There there was a guy in, in the Denver media that kind of called him out for, for his shtick, if you will. And we kind of went off on him about that. We thought it was stupid. But unfortunately for Broncos fans, it seems like Marquette King is intent on proving this media member correct. And showing that he's more interested in the shtick that he's got going on in this in the the outside stuff than he is in being an actual all pro punter, which he was supposed to be. And if he's not going to be able to kick in Denver, send him somewhere else. Find somebody who's willing to put in the effort and put in the work. Because this this you're paying too much for a punter who's too easily distracted, if you ask me.
0: Well, as you and everyone else knows, you're worth the antics when you do your job. And he's not doing his job. This is the second week in a row he's put his defense in a bad spot. I mean, he apparently has a booming leg that was going to thrive in the mile-high altitude. Well, he didn't do it in Baltimore last week, and he sure as hell didn't do it against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Yeah. So I, I I, I don't know. I mean, they brought. We talked about it on the last podcast about how they brought in a punter to the practice squad. At this point, just go with the punter you signed to the practice squad and get rid of King because he's a liability at this point.
1: I mean, and the thing is, in Baltimore, it was rainy. It was wet. It was maybe maybe you could blame some of the some of the problems on the conditions. Sure. From what I could tell, watching that game. The conditions in Denver were perfect. There was there was no weather, there was no wind. It it probably felt like a a beautiful autumn evening. Birds chirping, cool breeze just floating in off the mountains. And what does Marquette King do? He kicks it 35 yards. Boom. No, bust.
0: It was bad. There, There is a positive, though, and it's the rookie class. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Royce Freeman, Phillip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton had that, that catch that set up the first touchdown. Absolutely. Almost hauled in a one-handed touchdown when he was being mauled
1: in the <laughs> end zone. Yes, he did. That was, al- that was almost amazing. And he almost completed the hook and ladder very close.
0: Bradley Chubb,
1: I I I think No, I think you're right. I think Chubb is is cool. Yeah. It's uh it's uh it's a good rookie class. I think we're pretty happy. So you have so you have
0: the youth, you have the young talent for this team. What's holding it back is a head coach, coaching staff, and a quarterback. Doesn't that sound
1: familiar? It feels like and this is just me here. It feels like it's déjà vu all over again. So we're just we're just on the same treadmill, right? We're just running in place at this point. And and I think the worst part and and you you brought it up earlier, the worst part is that we are living in a world where the Denver Broncos are trying to rely on a journeyman quarterback. And It worked one year, right? It worked when Peyton Manning was kind of that journeyman quarterback in 2015. And so Elway's trying to recreate that, trying to recreate that, trying to recreate that. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And so now what? Do Do you draft a quarterback? Last year's draft class looks really good right now for quarterbacks. Am I right? It does. They missed on that. Opportunity lost. This next year's draft class for quarterbacks? Mm, not so great. Do you
0: turn to Chad Kelly? Is that where you want to go? Is it swag time? As you said on a previous podcast, if you do that, the season's over. Season's over. Are and you calling it? Season. Are you calling it? At 2-2, two and two, are you calling
1: it? You're saying we're done? No more? No mas. We're done. We'll we'll worry about next
0: year. I will say, there are a lot of people who said that this game against the Chiefs was a must-win, I haven't felt that way. I felt the game against the New York Jets on Sunday is a must-win game because at that point, if you lose that game, you're on a three-game losing streak, and you're coming home to face the Los Angeles Rams. And you saw what they did to the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday.
1: I I, I mean, that's that's At that point, yeah, you're in a four-game losing streak. That's when you can fire Vance Joseph, though. Think about it. They lose this, they lose to Baltimore, they lose to Kansas City. If they lose to the Jets and then the Rams, don't you have to fire Vance Joseph at that point? I would. So, it I mean, there's your silver lining for the, for a little
0: for a little four-game losing streak, huh? Go ahead. The thing that this is going to do now though is it's just it's going to get all those people who said that they shouldn't have done this at the beginning. They, they should have. They should have cut bait. They should have admitted the mistake and moved on. And that's what we said. That's what you said. That's what I said. I wrote Absolutely. a column the day after the season was over. I, I I still don't get it. I don't get it. Vance Joseph is an incompetent head coach. Joe Woods is an incompetent defensive coordinator. Bill Musgrave is an incompetent offensive coordinator. The biggest takeaway from this game is the coaches cost their team a game. They cost the Broncos a win because they don't know football. They don't know situational football. They don't know how to put their team in the situations to have success. On second and 30... You don't play man coverage. And if your defensive coordinator calls it, your head coach calls a timeout, goes over to the defensive coordinator and says, WTF. Actually,
1: what he should say is, you're fired.
0: <laughs> Hit the bricks, pal. I i mean, no, you're- there, was, there was a tweet. That most of the people who were in the Broncos locker room after the game said that the players were pissed off. And they should have been, because their coaches cost them a game they should have won. At what point,
1: and this is just me spitballing, because I totally agree with you on that. I definitely agree. That is the one big takeaway here. But at what point do do the players on the field become the, the intelligent play callers and say, I know coach told us we're doing we're supposed to do this, but we're not doing that. At what point do they make that change? At what point do the players take over and say, I'm not running that play. We're not doing that. That's stupid. We're better than that. We're smarter than that. Or or is it something that players can't do because players play and coaches coach?
0: Well, if you remember, one of the things that was said after the season was how much the coaches liked Vance Joseph.
1: I mean, the players, right? The
0: players liked him. Well, the players. The yeah, players loved sure Vance like Joseph. they like him. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's great. He's their buddy. Yeah, he's their friend. But now they realize that he's going to cost them games. Well, I hope they real. Do they realize it? I don't know. They should after this game. Anyone who has two eyes, heck, even Stevie Wonder can see that.
1: It's. I mean, it is. It's so. It was so obvious watching that game that the coaching staff had no idea what they were doing. I mean, if, if you could go back and just read through our Slack conversation, the whole time it was run the football, 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 run the football. Run the football, run the football. Don't play man at, at third and long. Don't play man on third and long. They just kept doing the same stupid stuff over and over and over again. And And the true definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And it doesn't happen doesn't happen that way it is insanity to watch this franchise right now insanity and it's been this way since 2016
0: for those who haven't read my winners and losers on milehighreport.com this is how I let it off up by 10 points in the fourth quarter you should win at home with a raucous crowd against a divisional opponent you have on the ropes you have to win Oh, the good old days for the Denver Broncos. Now, when the home team is in that position and playing good football, in the back of your mind, you just know the tide will turn. It's just a matter of when. It took until the last two Kansas City Chiefs drives, but that's when it finally happened to the Broncos in a game they should have won. And it's all because of the coaching staff. I mean, there's really not much
1: else to say at that point. Here we are, week four, right? A quarter of the way through the season. And the, the thing that we know about the Denver Broncos, the one thing we absolutely know is that this coaching staff is a failure.
0: And we're only four games in. I will say, though, Tom McMahon and the special teams – Make him the head coach.
1: Give him the job. He seems to know what he's doing. Like One I, of the few. I, I'm Seriously, thank you for pointing that out. That is a really good point. Except for the whole Marquette King thing, which I don't think you can put on him. That's, I mean, kick the ball. But everything else about special teams has been phenomenal. And you are
0: absolutely right. He's been good. Does that mean he hasn't been around Vance Joseph at like maybe all? Maybe he doesn't hang out with him, right? Special teams is like, off Vance doing Joseph their own thing. doesn't go into the special <laughs> right? team. Room, so that's why it's so
1: successful. I wonder if every time they kick the ball or special teams goes out there, Vance Joseph just wonders, what's going on? Who are these guys? Why is
0: this so good? Wow, that
1: really worked. Who are these people? Wow, hey, some of those are my players. Huh, that worked. <laughs> Why is this so good this year? It wasn't good last year. Hey, did we did we get rid of that that olive oil guy? Did that happen? He liked all of those Janos.
0: We had all those Janos. Speaking of Jano, I had him as a winner. Yes, thank you. With the running game like it was, they are
1: they're more successful with him on the field in the run game than they are with him off the field. And I think that's important as well. They run the ball better when when they've got Jano in the game and he is they they they've highlighted it several times during the game with his blocking and the way he was opening holes and and you know setting edges and and making plays for the for the two rookies who are out there essentially winning rookie of the year if they could just you know actually get some touches one of them to me that's there it is right there Janovich
0: was a, that's a good winner right there Janovich is a good winner the other big winner I think can't go unnoticed and I, some people, some fans may not have noticed it is Billy Turner. And this Good is well. the second, this is the second time in a row he's filled in for Jared Veld here when he's gotten hurt and the Broncos haven't missed a beat on the offensive line. And as, as I said in my winners and losers, I think it's time for the coaches to seriously consider keeping Billy Turner at right tackle. Yeah.
1: I could see that. I mean, trying something. I, the thing is, they're very good in run protection, right? Which is obvious, by the way, that you have these two rookie running backs who are just just running over everybody. But then it's the pass protection that has to be the concern. And if Billy Turner can, can be the guy, go for it. I mean, do anything at this point. But they, they wouldn't notice that.
0: They probably didn't know that Billy Turner was in the game. And then the other winner that I had was Broncos country. What they did to disrupt and affect the Chiefs offense, it it was nice to see them step up like that. That was almost my one big takeaway.
1: Yeah. If the Broncos had pulled that off, that would have been my one big takeaway. That the the fans in Broncos country are the best fans in the world because they just about helped carry that team across the finish line. And it it was – it was close. The inches we need, you know, they they were out there, and the, and the fans almost almost uh almost pushed them across the line. It just they just came up short. There's just a couple of things, couple of plays here and there, and it could have gone the other way. But the fans showed up, and they showed up big time. And I was a little worried about that because when they showed the stadium at the beginning of the game, it looked like there were a lot of empty
0: seats, but they they filled in pretty quickly.
1: You know, Denver traffic is horrendous.
0: Yeah, because. I've, I've made this joke with my wife. Those who remember L.A., with sporting events, people don't show up until, like, look at the Dodgers and the Rockies game for the the NL West one game, whatever it was. Game 163? It's like most of the fans didn't show up until, like, the fourth or fifth inning. Right. Because they couldn't get through traffic. And now, which is amazing because it seems like almost everyone from Southern California is now here, which is why there's traffic. And they're
1: Bronco fans because why would you want to root for any of the teams in Southern California? Except for now, I
0: guess the Rams are pretty good. It's uh, just it, – it's unfortunate that the fans were let down by the coaching staff too. I agree. That's one of
1: the things that that's, – that's why we're so angry, right? That's why we're so, uh, we're so frustrated with this team right now because – there is talent. There there are players there to make things happen. And the coaching staff doesn't know how to put them in a position to succeed. And that right there is the most frustrating thing in the world. So where are we on to? Are we on to? Do we have anything else we need to get to?
0: I think that's it for this game. All right. Well. In the meantime, we're on to the Jets. On to the Jets. Here we go. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include